Nico, do you know what the most interesting fact about retrograde amnesia is? What? You know what? Damn. Shit. I can't remember. Boo. <laughs> Coming up, a podcast backwards. Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an awful game. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. So, thanks again, everybody, for listening to another edition of Movie Tales. On behalf of Nick, Jeff, and myself, we hope you listen every week in addition to this weird week but like uh, jeff just said we're doing things a little backwards this week because we watched memento and we'll get into that right away with our final thoughts and i guess <laughs> i'll i'll pick up i'll jump right in with my final thoughts and i guess i want to say at the end of the day christopher nolan came up with quite the mindfuck of a film for his first film and I really love this movie just because it paved the way for so many other movies where you were just kind of like, hey, look, they did what Memento did. And I'm never going to forget Memento because I probably took me five times to ever figure it out and I still had to go on the internet to literally figure it out. And then I still had to watch a Christopher Nolan interview to really make sure I knew what I thought I knew. So yeah. What about you, Jeff? What are your final thoughts? Yeah, uh, final thoughts. This I love how Mark went first, even though he usually goes last, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's in, why I thanked our audience for listening. That's why I wanted the, to jump right in there. In the spirit of all this, I, I agreed what you said. I've actually had to watch this thing about ten damn times to understand it. And I had to write my notes about ten times to uh, figure out how to do this thing backwards. <laughs> but, yeah, final, final thoughts is... This is an excellent film, and it just really... I think it's a cool opening to uh, Christopher Nolan's career. Like, he has a very interesting filmography where this movie plays as such a great front-end bookend to his career because it has all of a lot of the themes that are in all of his movies. He's obsessed with time, which we'll be talking a lot about in this podcast, which this movie's all about kind of time and playing around with it. And uh, it's just, it's a great intro to an incredible career. And it's a movie that's not easily forgotten, pun intended. Nico, final thoughts. My final thoughts are that this is a good movie. It's not a great movie, but for where it placed its time in film, it's a really important movie. And I was thinking this today, randomly, boys, that if The Matrix taught us how to film movies from different camera angles, this movie taught us how to film movies from different timelines, right? This was the one. And I think that's why it's important. And for any movie out there that, that's trying to take a chance and do things differently, I fully support it. And 
for that I have to pay respect to this movie. I love that you mentioned that. And looking at your watch, I do believe it's those 11 p.m. ponderings. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we got there so quickly. They, they but... got, we got there an hour early this week. Right. It's 11 p.m. Uh, Jeff, I've Jeff, only been you got pondering, pondering for a few minutes now. But does... Yeah, absolutely. So does Teddy tell him the truth <laughs> at the end slash beginning of this movie? Or is Teddy lying to him? Does anybody That's really a damn know? good one. That's a damn good one. Because I, I, I seriously had the confusion myself. So I've Teddy's, changed my mind Teddy's, ten times. Teddy's told him the truth a bunch of times. Is his name really Teddy? Or is his Teddy, name John Chase? His name <laughs> is Teddy's Teddy. Teddy's what his grandma calls him or something, right? His, name, his name's Teddy. He, he's told him the truth a bunch of times. He oh. uses him. He uses him at the end of the day. He's used Leonard for a bunch of missions. And at the end of the day, it backfires on him because Leonard... In the spirit of it all, gets the tattoo of his license plate on him, and Teddy's not with him to see that through, and it ends up costing him his life, because that was the final that was the final clue of what he thought he needed, and it really it's not at all. So Teddy basically Teddy was truly an undercover cop, and he he basically but a dirty used cop. he kind of oh for to sure die. a dirty cop sure. he definitely okay. deserved to die he used Leonard. <laughs> To to he manipulated Leonard to solve all these or to do all these dirty things for him. He was totally a dirty cop. Yeah, for sure. That's a but he answer. killed he he killed he helped he genuinely helped Leonard find his wife's killer, and and tried to do that. Was but, there one or going into that killing that leads to my next pondering? Was there one or two attackers? I think there was two. I think so too. But he talks about it. Okay, Teddy does. I mean, he does, but Teddy's our Teddy's the reliable. He's our unreliable narrator. I don't know if Teddy. <laughs> Teddy talks about knows. Leonard's wife's killers. Killers or killer? Yeah. Killers. Okay, he, so, he, t- he talks about it. So so Leonard. Leonard is Sammy Jenkins. He makes up that whole story. Mm-hmm. Leonard actually killed his wife with the insulin. But the, oh, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, he yeah. still gets his. You're right, but he still gets his injury from his wife's attack. The reason he had his injury because his wife's remember remember Teddy says it. His wife survives the attack. Survives the attack. So it really happens. But what I wasn't sure of did he imagine the extra attacker? Was there only one attacker? Did he never shoot a guy? Did he run in and the other attacker hits him in the head and gets out? I don't know. I don't know if. I think I, they kind of made it unclear. We're and left, on the internet, I out think, there on the internet, there's a lot of there's there's two camps. There's a two attacker camp and a one attacker camp. I'm a two attacker camp. I, I like how you divide a, them. But hold on, I think there's a no attacker camp. There are some people on there that think that too. That think there was no attack whatsoever, and this that, was just that it's he so, just developed okay. so he developed their amnesia naturally. Christopher Nolan has I don't buy that about, theory by the way. So he's got the color theory. He's got the color not the color theory. He's got the colors we've got the colors the color scenes and we have the black and white scenes, right? Yep. And he says Christopher Nolan's on record saying that the black and white scenes are the objective scenes in the movie. Those are like the the factual elements we were presented them factually. What we know is factual even though that changes towards the end of the film. Well, they're presented in order see. too. Yes, exactly. They're not gone backwards, yeah. And then the but the color shots are subjective, implying that Leonard is able to tweak his own memories however he wants them and we can manipulate our own memories to however we want to remember them. 
and that's kind of an element that he plays with throughout that throughout the the movie so it's just a really that's why i said in my final thoughts that it's totally just it's just a mind fuck of a movie because you're watching it all unfold and then literally in the last 20 minutes you question everything yep to the point where you have to rewatch it multiple times and you're still not sure, and then you have to go read. Like I said, I, and I'm not sure I, we're ever meant to be. I'm not sure we're ever meant to be sure. I think they left some things purposely ambiguous for I'm discussions gonna, such so as this. After we're done, I'm going to forward you guys a link to a, a, just a video that Chris Nolan has on YouTube, where he tries to diagram the timeline, and he draws like a horseshoe, and so there's the black and white on the one end of the horseshoe yep. and then and then the color scenes and it says the bottom where the where the two ends meet that's the ending of the movie which is actually the ending of the timeline which or, which is actually the beginning of the movie and it's it's just and he, he tra- you can just if you watch his video he can't even break it down himself <laughs> speaking of the beginning speaking of the beginning of the movie one last pondering for you what's or the end of the beginning of the movie end of the story What's next for Lenny? Yeah. Is he gonna just is he gonna go on just killing people he thinks are his wife killer, or do you think this time because he has the actual picture written down that says this is the guy, when he wakes up and sees this guy's dead, he's gonna be he's gonna think that he maybe he gets some peace this time? I think he gets he peace. That's what, that's what we're led to believe that he's got peace, right? That he's finally avenged everything and he can try to remember his life and all that. I mean, that. this is the second time he's tried to or the one of many times he's tried to avenge everything, because uh Teddy's had him on a killing spree of anybody Teddy wants. Exactly, to and he'll never it's, know. He'll never. But now that Teddy's just, gone, but there's the thing. The now that Teddy's <laughs> gone, manipulating him, he's fine, right? Yeah, but he doesn't have any purpose in life anymore. This is true. And everything he and was so driven by was, the routine of everything. So he's just so gonna go on killing. He, I, I feel well. No, I feel now he goes insane and ends up in like an insane in the mental style. institution. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There are some online that actually think the whole thing takes place in a mental institution, I, 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 but we won't dive into that and spend too many minutes on it. Um, <laughs> the uh, I think it's good time for metal podium. Nico, who you who you got? I think that Carry On Moss, Carry On Moss deserves uh, a medal. And I want to give her a goal, but we can't give this film... We can't give her a goal because of everything Chris Nolan did here. So I am going to give... I love that you're giving her a medal. She's great in this fucking I movie. I do. I mean, we're talking like... I mean, you guys always talk about five-year runs. Let's talk about one-year run, right? <laughs> <laughs> the year 2000. It's maybe one of the greatest one-year runs of all time. I'm so glad yeah. you mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> give me give me what she did that the the matrix give me give me her run. I mean it was it was pretty much the matrix and memento pretty much back to back years right and then we did she disappeared for the rest of life and, and credit I know I know they did matrix sequels and all that but at the same time like did anybody no, really watch remember those yeah yeah but she got paid I, out like a hundred mil I don't think of her because of those movies though either <clears throat> she's just a great part of them for sure but yeah it, it, I always but, think of her she has some great roles in the uh, Netflix Marvel series. This. I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure she's still acting Carrie out there Ann. somewhere, but she really pulled a Montel Jordan. She's, she like got in, got out, made a ton of money, and was like, sell a million records and we make in the dash. That's exactly what she did, in my opinion, right? Uh, but I'm not going to give her the gold. So I'm gonna, are we going to go backwards on the medals, too? Because I'm going to start. Do, I think, Christopher Nolan, already, so I think Christopher Nolan gets the gold, obviously. He was so young, and this this sparked a twenty year brilliant career. As much as I'm sick of him, which we'll get to later, 
this movie was special for for everything he thought up and he did with such little resources and you have to think about that you know uh, how we played with timelines the actress he got to sign on what he did being a new director uh, there's no way we can't give him gold so absolutely I'm gonna give Carry On Moss the silver because of everything I just said I don't really want to give Guy Pierce the the bronze but I feel like we have to because this is kind of the end of Guy, Guy Pierce's career too that's the only reason he's getting the medal he's getting did he get Otherwise, he gets silver or bronze? <laughs> he gets bronze. He gets bronze. What? I'm so going backwards. I'm going backwards. So that he, was perfect. That he was gets perfect. bronze. Because, I mean, I know, Mark, I know you're going to talk about LA Confidential at some point in this podcast, so I'm just going to bring it up for you. He was fantastic in this, and he was great in this. You don't pull a movie off like this without a great lead actor, and he he definitely delivered. He's, not my, he's actually one of my least favorite act, actors, but... He I think he's only he got like two bullets in the gun. This yeah. and LA Confidential. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but, but I think he's reason, great in both though. But I, I don't know. like there's nothing else where I'm like, oh yeah, Guy Pierce was great in that. Other but, than the he was decent in Mayor uh, of East Town. Yeah. If you ask any <laughs> movie fan in two thousand who Guy Pierce was, I'm pretty sure everybody would know. But in twenty twenty, I'm pretty sure that absolutely nobody would fucking know who the hell Guy Pierce was. So this is kinda like the end of his career too, so for that he's metal worthy. All right, Jeff. You want to go? You want me to jump in? I'll go. Um, so go backwards. My, absolutely. My gold goes to Christopher Nolan. This is his movie. This uh, put him on the map. I mean, way to come. I, he did one film before this that I don't know anybody that's seen it. But I mean, pretty much like what an opening act. Um, what movie was only that? the movie? The following, right? Yep. And yeah. nobody. Supposedly, it's good by things online. I've never met a person that's seen it. Um, <laughs> You now know I know the name, at least. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but no, Chris, Christopher Nolan, this is just a well-put-together, slick movie. Um, I almost gave Jonathan Nolan the gold, because Jonathan Nolan actually wrote most of the script, uh, and they came up with this together while driving from, I think it was New York to L.A.? Chicago. Chicago, Chicago to L.A. To LA. Uh, but yeah, it, that's crazy. So Jonathan Nolan had a short story, right? And yep. he tells the short... He doesn't have anything written on the short story. He just tells the short story idea to Christopher Nolan. And then Christopher decides, we need to make this into a movie. Yep. The only and reason it, the only reason I gave I give the gold to Christopher, not Jonathan, I had him reversed, but then I did some research, and it was Christopher Nolan's idea to do it backwards, which I think is the whole thing in for this sure. film. And I think so he Chris, gets the gold. And I think Jonathan Nolan didn't actually write or finish the short story until years later. Yeah, this is true, but they wrote the script. They they both rewrote the script three times. No, I know, no, I know they wrote so, the script, but it, it's I, I think it's crazy that it's based off of a short story. Short story that he never that was wrote never until, written yep. until after the movie. That's fair. How That's weird fair. is that? That's weird. And my bronze goes to Joey Pants. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you mean Joey Pantalone? Yeah. Yeah. Joey Pantaliano. He is AKA Guido the Pantic in this movie. One of the reasons this movie works is you never trust or believe him. Part of that is in the writing with the picture uh, that you see, and it says, don't trust his lies. So it's fascinating. Uh, Christopher Nolan comments on this himself. Audience members never believe anything Teddy's saying. Two reasons. Uh, Christopher Nolan tries that too. One, you puts down, don't trust his lies. So you automatically, as an audience member, assume that the right guy got shot. That's just your right. assumption. Right. The second piece is I think Joey I think Joey sells it. 
Uh, he just comes off as such a greasy sleazeball. And I don't think this movie works without the right guy in this part. And I can't imagine anybody else in this role. Um, He's perfect. I'm with you. My, my, this, I, my was, honor- this was his heyday, too. My honorable mentions go to Carrie Ann Moss, so I'm really happy. No dispute that you gave her a metal neck. I loved her. And also to Newmark Cinema for taking a chance because they could not get distribution for this film. This is a rare case where the production company that made it took a huge gamble and released the movie themselves, which which could have bankrupted their tiny little production company. But instead, the movie made $50 million, and they probably became a much bigger production company because of it. Uh, take a chance. It's the mark. Start from so, the top. Do, wait, real quick, oh, did, it ahead, 50, did it make $50 million in the box office or on the back end? Uh, I think it was $50 million box office. If I'm Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, back then, especially, a lot of it was on the back end. That's back when Blackbuster. And they, and, well, in this movie, it was a huge rental and a huge... So, I mean, yeah, they made back, back end money absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Right. But they literally, they could not sell it to anybody. Um, they sold all the international rights fine, but they couldn't get it stateside. So they took the chance and they funded the release, which is most, I did some deep digging on this and most production companies say that could be like the end of your production company if you make the wrong bet. Mm. So. No, this is good factual cool stuff. You know, the, you know the folklore. Go ahead, Mark. So Chris Nolan's a gold medal. I, obviously, we've... The only other thing I want to mention here, we've said a lot about Chris Nolan, but the main reason he shot the film backwards is because he wanted us to suffer from the same disability as Leonard. Yep. And it's such a cool concept because of that. It. That's why it's so special. That's why the movie's so awesome. Yep. And it... it, it like other movies try to do memento things, but the reason memento works is because of the whole short-term memory aspect of it. And it's just such a cool concept and he gets credit for that. So yeah, he gets the gold medal. This is his movie, this is his concept. He he turned his brother's concept into a cooler concept and basically is what I think. Agreed. Uh, and then my silver medal goes to Guy Pierce. I know we talked about it. He's a two-hit wonder. This is LA Confidential. And sorry guy, if there's something else I've loved you in, I just can't think of it. So my apologies. And my bronze, I'm right with you. You said everything great about Joey Pants and I'm right with you. I can't can't say it enough. Joey Joe Joe Pantoliano, this is a this is top tier role for him. Let's uh, do we want to talk anything else about career corner with Nolan? I I think we uh, we can I mean this is his, this is his first home run. He hits it out of the gate. I he kind of goes back to the well over and over again. Is that I, the consensus? I have a question. I yeah, have a question here is, on Nolan. Wait, 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 wait. I want to okay. touch on what Mark Go just ahead, said man. real quick. Sorry to interrupt. He You're definitely fine. went to the well over and over again, and that's my one complaint with him. Thank you for bringing that up, Mark, because I didn't want to be the one to bring it up, but he does. This whole timeline fluctuation, he did it perfectly here. He did it good in Inception, and by the time Tenet comes around, which was last year, I'm so sick of it. I really am. So... Well, you know, I mean, to, I don't, to he's this not the day, only director to do this, though. I mean, okay. Scorsese, how many movies about gangs and mobs does that guy make? But he makes right. them good. Right, he makes them good. He's not recycling the same stuff. Yeah, he's still it's telling. Different. He's still telling but, good I mean, stories. Yeah. we're just no, talking Jay, about. How dare you compare the two? He's just talking about meth- Just, I think he's just how talking about the constant. The two. Nolan's pretty just, damn good. I think he's just constantly talking about the timeline disruptions and everything with that. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. 
It's a theme. It's a theme. And I'm okay with. I like and it when so directors stick with their themes. Here's and well, okay it's an, it's an Interstellar too, and so, so yes, throw that that's in true. That's a good point. And here's my he note on Christopher Nolan. He here's does. my note on Christopher Nolan. Yep. He 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 got to the point where he frustrated me. Inception and Memento are two great movies, but they I really have to think a lot and. To the point where I have to then read on the internet to make right. sure my thinking is where I think it needs to be. Yeah. And sometimes that's a little too much. And that's why I've you. never even sat down to watch Interstellar. Because it's like two and a half, three hours. And I right. just was like, you know what? I can't do it. I'm not doing another one. I be, I, Inception is too much for me. Memento is <laughs> Memento's I haven't perfect. Seen Tenet. I haven't seen Tenet yet. I, and I've oh, heard I haven't watched just horrendous right stuff. Yeah, I've heard too that, many bad so. things from too many people. I'm not doing um, it. And it's nothing against Chris Nolan. I love his Batman yeah. trilogy. I love Inception. I, I wanted, I'm glad you said that. I wanted to point that out, though, is he, he doesn't touch on any of the timeline stuff you're complaining about in the Batman. Ten, Tenet is bad. Tenet's a bad movie. I'm serious. And I'm I've heard sorry. that from a lot of people, so I'm yeah. not going to... I haven't seen it, so I can't debate you on it. Heard that from a lot of people. Um, but he doesn't touch on the timeline stuff in Insomnia. He doesn't really touch on it in... Um, the Batman trilogy, either. Yeah, you're right. Or the or yeah. the Prestige. Or the Prestige. The Prestige is cool. So I'm okay with him having some movies, just like the Prestige is a cool movie. I, I'm a fan. A I don't know if you movie. guys Insomnia are. Insomnia is a good movie. I mean, I, I think we could put it safely this way: if if Chris Nolan's doing a movie that doesn't mess with timelines, you're in good fucking shape. You here's know? my que- here's my question that I wanted to ask, Nick. Um, mm-hmm. you, you're probably the least big Christopher Nolan fan in this in the three of us. Yeah. Um, see. What's your favorite? What's his best movie? Uh, Batman Begins. <laughs> What's his worst movie? Tenant. He's I'm, I'm so I'm, no. I I didn't I, even have to think about that. I'm so glad yeah. you asked that, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. No. No. I was curious. I wanted Tenet, to hear your opinion. He's. I, I feel like. I feel like he's 20 year career is is almost teetering at this point, and but but he's still had a 20 year career. So give him credit. Mark, what's the best uh, Christopher Nolan movie? Chris Nolan. When I think of Chris Nolan, I think of two things. I think of Batman and I think of Memento. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, honestly, that's what I do. I think. It what's his? What's his worst movie, Mark? That you've seen? I. I didn't like Insomnia. I only saw it once, and I yeah. remember just being wow. bored. I enjoyed it. Interesting. But uh, but I, I was, saw it once. I, I seen between you two. Yeah. Insomnia is what Pacino and Robin Williams, right? No, Hilary Swank, right? Hilary Swank. Uh, Romney Williams is in it, though. I think. Yeah, isn't he? Robin Williams. Well, no, Al Pacino is in it. I don't think so. But let's, and Hilary Swank is. Right. I'm not sure. No, Hilary Swank is definitely in it, but uh, you're right about Robin that. Williams, I don't think he is. Ron Williams is in it. Wow, Mark, way to work backwards. Working backwards. Al Pacino, Robin. Uh, so Robin Williams is the villain. I take it then, right? Yeah, or, yeah, he's the villain. Yeah. For yeah, sure. the fact that we can't remember this. Because oh, Pacino, right. Pacino's the cop, and he can't sleep. He's up in. You're right. He's I Alaska. Think, I think all right. of that can't sleep stuff is interesting. I, I, yeah. it got me. I don't know. Yeah. I enjoyed the it. The fact that none of us I'm remember this should should say something, though, right? Like, uh, I yeah. think my my favorite star, my favorite is Dark Knight Returns, um, barely edging Dark Knight, and my least Ooh. favorite is Inception. I don't know. I don't know that God. I have Inception. That's so crazy, Jeff. And I just want to point this out to you guys. And I'm glad we're talking about this. I know we're talking about Memento, but like Inception was like one of the biggest movies of 2010. It was huge. I remember. It was huge. Here's the thing. I loved it when I first. It, like, I loved it when I first saw it. Every time I've seen it since then, I like it a little bit less. No, I, and I don't know it. why. 
Everybody's summer 2010 went to go see it. I can't believe like you don't thing. like it. I think that movie. And I don't cool. like it either. But I don't like it either. But like, no, I, back. I say to my least favorite of his. No, I don't no, know no, it's I, a bad I, movie. I, I love all his movies. I can't believe this Christopher Nolan hate I'm getting on this pod right now. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I saw Inception twice in the theaters because the first time I saw it, I said, "What in the heck? I got to see it again to make sure I think I think just like Memento," and. Uh, yeah, it, and that's why he. That's why I said he kind of frustrates me, because he's super talented and he, I love his tricks and what he does. And but at the end of the day, he he's he's oh he's teetering on one trick pony status. Yeah, Mark. So I knew we were friends, but now we're better friends. That's. I mean, it's just. <laughs> no, no. It's, that's make, making good points. That's, I mean, now that you said that, I'm going to use that like my own from here on out. And it's except for the dark, you should. except for the Dark Knight, which kind of like when he gets away from his. It's interesting when he gets away from his thing. He gets kind of trapped in. It probably does his best work because each yeah. of us put each of us put a Batman film down as one of his best movies. God, so you maybe the, fucking fire tonight. Maybe the guy needs maybe maybe the guy needs to go work for Marvel and yeah. <laughs> just do some. Uh, no, I think I think you reinvented films. a franchise, and I think that's only one thing you can do in a career. But Mark, you're right; he's a one trick pony, and it, and yeah. that trick was amazing. I don't think his career is over either. It's I don't think twenty years old either. I know, but he has time think, to reinvent himself. Hold I think on, his, didn't he do? I have trust in him. Didn't he do Dunkirk too? Which yeah, is he did. Excellent. Dunkirk's a really cool movie. Yeah, I fucking love Dunkirk. But again, he got away from his trick, and he he did, he did. But yeah, he fucks with time in that movie too. We're doing him a one of the things is a week long, one of the things is a month long, one of the things. I'm just saying. Actually, in Insomnia, he has the time theme too because he's obsessed with it being daylight all the time. Um, Yeah, he loves he loves time. That's his thing. That's that's a theme. I'm okay with somebody like sticking to their theme. I don't. I like it when a director has a theme. No, but he kind of beats it to death. He He does beat it over our head. Mark, you were fucking fired tonight. I love it, because you're right. You're right. This is my whole frustration with Christopher Nolan, and you're spelling it out for me in ways that, I, that I've known that I just can't put into words. Yeah. Now you're going to sound better, because you're going to give him better credit now, while at the same time being able to articulate why the hell he frustrates you. Yeah, he frustrates me, and I think he won't. I think Tenet will be the last of his, of that kind of movie. To be honest, of his trick, I think he's got to do something different going forward. Haven't I think seen he Tenet, knows that. so I can't comment on it again. But um, I got to do a quick factor fiction on retrograde amnesia. Don't worry, I won't bore you with too many facts. I just found this fascinating. This is an actual real disorder. Uh, it's one of the more common forms of amnesia, which surprised me. It's as common, if not more common, than the kind of amnesia you usually see in soap. You usually see in soap operas where they forget like who they are and all that stuff. Loss of short. Now, there's different degrees of it. Sometimes you just you just have trouble remembering things. You don't just lose every like you. You're, but it, and it usually goes. You start to lose it a little bit, then you lose it all. Usually, you don't lose it all at once. It doesn't sound like. Um, but a and number he's got the, of psychologists. Sorry. And, uh, and therapists praised this movie when it came out and said it is a complete, accurate representation of somebody with severe retrograde amnesia. And I remember when I saw this movie, I was like, this is a cool concept, but this doesn't seem real. It's crazy to me that this is an actual thing that somebody could live with. I, I can't I even love, imagine. I love how Carrie Ann Moss's character figures out the triggers. 
Yeah. And and she knows to slam her car door, and it will reset his short-term memory. Yep. She figures that out. I love that moment, by the way. And you just made me think of it within your description of this short-term memory stuff, and... I think it's the it's one of the coolest aspects of it is that we fight we figure out this trigger without him knowing that this is the trigger. He doesn't know. He no. well no he does know because he tells the he tells, he tells the, the hooker to, he tells the hooker to the do door. the loud yep. to slam the door and then she doesn't do it and then he wake yeah yeah she leaves the door open right is that what that seems weird let's jump right in what didn't work. That's what didn't work for me, the hooker scene. It was just, I didn't need it. I don't think I needed Leonard getting a hooker in this movie. I've got a big one. I'm excited. You guys can go first if you want, but I'm excited. That's it. I just went. That's the only thing that doesn't work for me. Um, I thought it was... Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. No, you go ahead. I thought it was too, I thought it was too long, actually. It was an enjoyable rewatch for me. And, but, I, but I want to give respect to this movie. I don't want to tear it down, but I just thought... That's the thing about this one-trick pony thing, is that once you watch it once... You only really get to enjoy it once. Every time afterwards, you're just relying on the trick to fulfill you, and it doesn't. And you're just kind of just watching something that you know. Well, here's my question, though. How long ago... When was the last time you saw it? Because I didn't remember. Man, <laughs> I didn't I actually, remember most of The cool thing about watching we'll, this we'll get, is it was we'll like seeing it again. We'll get to the first time I watched it later, Mark. We'll get to the first time I watched we're it not, later. We're not there yet. <laughs> okay. So yeah. that, okay, so there's a clue into a later category. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Touche, touche. Nick, you guys, are, you guys aren't going to believe this, but Nick, I almost agree a hundred percent with you in your assessment of this being a good movie, not a great movie. In my opinion, one big thing keeps this from being a great movie, and it's Guy Pearce's performance. He's fucking terrible in this movie. Who'd you give yourself? That is medal just to? Joey Pan- Pantaloni, and he, well, he wait, got who'd no. Who'd you give your bronze no, medal to? No, thy bronze went to Joey to Jonathan Nolan. And the gold went to oh, Christopher. He did not. He did not give. A, he did not give him. Oh, you gave Jonathan Nolan a medal. You oh, hate God. Guy Pearce in this movie. Oh my God, his acting is so bad. Why like, didn't you chime in at any point? Actually, wait, let him finish. Because I was saving it for what didn't work. Uh, <laughs> I was excited. I was excited to bring it up. So famously, interestingly enough, Christopher Nolan originally wanted this. His role was offered to Brad Pitt, and I think it's too bad. This had the potential to be an incredible Brad Pitt movie. I think Brad Pitt would have been fucking awesome in this. And what gets really weird and super annoying, and I'm glad that I didn't read this until I saw the movie. That's why I like to read my research after, read my re- do my research after watching, after the rewatch or the watch, is they make a big effort to make Guy Pierce look like Brad Pitt in this movie <laughs> with the gold hair and the like. It's, it's after Brad Pitt passed. Christopher Nolan decided he didn't want any A-list actors, so I think he was trying to get the most Brad Pitt-like guy he could get, and it just doesn't work. Nothing about his performance works. I, I don't think Guy Pearce is a good actor, and I think he takes this movie from being what could be a great movie to just a good movie. God, and it God. bugged he bugged me every time he was on screen. You so then I can't believe you like this movie at all, since he's in every scene of the movie <laughs> well it's such a well crafted and he bugs you no but it's such a well crafted story like no. you said the things the doors closing and everything I can get around a bad performance like I don't think you can in this case no. he's in every single scene no, of the because, movie because of the gimmick of the time play it works Jeff is yeah. willing to forgive it I, I don't understand. I can't you know get what? on board with you hating Guy Pearce so much and then still calling this a good movie. You need to call it a bad movie then. No, no, no. no, no, no. The Listen. concept is good. 
The story's Listen, good. Yeah. Go LA Confidential was great, but I feel like Russell Crowe maybe overcompensated for Guy Pierce's undercompensation. Ooh. Yeah, I agree, Nick. 100% agree. Favorite quotes. What do you got, Nico? Just because there are things I don't remember doesn't make my actions meaningless. The world doesn't just disappear when you close your eyes, does it? I've got, the, I've got the best one in there. I know you guys. I, I'm going to steal Mark's here if I'm guessing. We're rolling backwards, but if it's a Guy Pierce quote, I hate both of you because you shouldn't be allowed to <laughs> yeah. use any Guy Pierce quotes. Okay, Mark, I know this is yours, so I'm just going to say it for both of us. You don't even need to go. Enter. Okay, so what am I doing? Oh, I'm chasing this guy. Gunshots fired towards him. No, I'm being chased. You thought that was Wonderful. my quote? Yeah, he I thought that's the best quote of the movie. Nick delivered it better than Guy Pierce. I, I, I definitely did. <laughs> I have an Easter egg. That, my favorite quote is one of the Easter eggs that basically you know tips you off to the poker hand of the movie. When Leonard says, memory can change the shape of a room, it can change the color of a car, and memories can be distorted. They're just an interpretation. They're not a record. And they're irrelevant if you have the facts. Oh, damn. So that yours is better than mine. No... Come on. The, I, okay, we'll get into best scenes later, but go ahead, Mark. Or go ahead, Jeff. We all That's need my, mirrors. That was my one quote. We all need mirrors to remind ourselves of who we are. Yeah. I'm no different. That's so, a good one, too. Moving on. What worked? Favorite scenes. You don't want to. You don't oh, have favorite any. scene. No, no, you're right. I skipped Guy Pierce is in everyone's. So you might favorite not have scene. any. No, favorite scene. <laughs> I'm, let me open then. Let me open. It's the scene. It, it's the scene where Carry On Mass turns on turns on him, yeah, and so gets good. him to rough so her up. She takes That's the mantle from Guy Pierce and puts on an incredible fucking performance. And yeah. oh my god, that scene is dark and terrifying. It the is the way that she can just turn into that monster. Yeah, that, after, after she was like a supportive person for him, right? And like this, they were on the same team. And it, that's, that's, that's where the concept works so well, is we see her through his eyes because of going backwards. So we don't have that short-term memory. And just when she, and she just turns to him and says, this doesn't matter because you're a freak and you're not going to remember this anyway. Just what a month. I, that was a terrifying, dark, hard to watch scene. God damn it. And I thought it was fucking incredible. So it's also it's also my favorite scene without I mean I have another favorite scene because I figured that was going to be someone's favorite scene and I just had a note about that scene it's where everything just takes another turn in the movie where you're all everything everything you knew now you question. Yeah, exactly. You think is anybody on this guy's side? Everything you knew up until this point you now say do I know anything that I thought I knew because of what has just been revealed to you. You're like, what the hell? It's a crazy right. scene. It's a great scene, so I'm glad you brought it up. The, my favorite scene in the movie is when, when... My other favorite scene, and it's just a random scene. I hope you guys like it. But when he finds out he has two rooms, it's just a hilarious moment in the middle of a mindfuck thriller movie, and it just stands out for me. I'm the, I, loved, I loved it in the rewatch when the, the hotel guy opens up, and he's like, oh, wait, that's not your room. And he's like, yeah, it is. It's my handwriting. And he's like, well... And then he just comes clean. <laughs> Yeah. Because he knows he's, he's not going to remember the next day. That's right. why he totally comes clean at this point. <laughs> it just made me laugh. I loved that moment. Yeah. So, I think my favorite scene is obviously where he's chasing the guy and then he realizes he's getting chased. But now that Jeff brings it up, it's definitely that scene. It is, I mean, it's scary. It is. 
it's and so, it's so well it's so well acted too yes. where like she just flips on a switch to this good person to this evil villain right it kind of made me wonder what happened to Carrie Ann Moss like I was like there's some talent there and yeah. to your point Nick three pretty good movies and she just disappears off the damn face of the earth no <laughs> like no. The I, other scene, it made me sad we didn't get more great acting from Carrie Ann you know or, right. or good movies with her great acting I'm sure she's right. doing what she was in Go ahead, Mark. You were saying something. No, the other scene that I love is when he realizes that he had already killed his wife's, you know, the attacker long ago, for the, or through Joey Pants' eyes, you know, and he thinks he, he, when he realizes that he's been played by by Teddy all these years, or not all these years, but all this, this time, but then he goes to the truck and he's trying to, you know, get it in his memory, and then he, we see him lose the short-term memory again. And we just he just loses it, so we just, it's just once again another moment in the movie that it totally works because this was all the first time. So, well, uh, can I if I go back to Carrie Moss real quick? What I love about her is that she is not like the leading lady look, especially for the late nineties, early two thousands. But she can carry that role. Like I think they were going. I just watched a Friends reunion, but I think that they were going for that kind of look. And what's the really story with Carrie Ann Moss? I mean, she did this and. She had this character in Trinity and this come out in the same calendar right. year. She's done she's a lot of shit. She, I looked up her IMDb. I know she's done other stuff, but, but Jesus. Yeah. I feel that's like what I'm saying. I she feel said, like she could have got I feel like she could have got fifteen million a she movie. She could have been a contender. Right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's what we've been saying. She's she's not your traditional leading lady good looking like thing that, that people want to see back then and that's why I appreciate her a little bit more and that's her. metal worthy to me. Can, you know? I can't you know what I'm, I'm looking just at her still dude, baffled look I'm at her still IMDb, baffled by man. all the guy Pierce hate tonight. And I don't even love Guy Pierce. I feel like right. he's been attacked. Oh my god, don't defend him. <laughs> that's because you love LA Confidential, Mark. It is because I love you LA removed that. You removed that. That's reason. in your top Mark, is LA Confidential in your top fifty? For sure it is. It's like forty eight, uh, but yeah, it's there. It's there for wait, sure. Wait, is it in your neck? I no, I don't I didn't I didn't rank them, but I know it's towards the end because it's one of the later entries. It, it is not in my. It is not in my top fifty. No, I don't. But think I, it's a, I don't think it's in it my. It is top one of the 100. best. It is one of the best movies of the nineties. That is for sure. It's a good movie. I, I, I like it. It's, it's not it's, my top. 50. Yeah, no, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> that's why he's so like offended about Guy. Pierce. I guess. I think you're right, but I'm willing to admit that I only and I. It's credit wait, to the wait. movies more I mean, than I love, Pierce, we, 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 right. We've done American Pie, and I famously said on this pod that the acting in that movie is bad, but it's still an excellent movie. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so you can, Mark, Mark, are you willing to admit that he is the weakest link in that movie behind Kevin Spacey, behind uh, Russell Crowe? Oh, Guy Pierce is behind definitely not. Di- okay, I'm willing Danny to Danny DeVito. That, <laughs> I'm willing to admit that anyone could have played Guy Pierce's character. <laughs> yes! I'll take it. I will, I will yes! take this. Yes! Yeah, we're into what worked. I'll jump in. And what worked. So Nolan essentially shot the film backwards because he wanted the audience to suffer from the same disability as Leonard I have in my notes here. I think it's an incredibly cool concept. I probably already mentioned this, but this is the way it works when we go backwards. Did it? I was going to ask, did it work in this pod? (laughs) (laughs) We don't know until the end. Yeah, I think it's an incredibly cool concept for the short-term memory storyline. I love... Oh, here, we didn't get to talk about this yet. (laughs) I love the rhythm of the constant cliffhangers. And what yes. I mean by that, there are clues to keep us caught up with the timeline. Agreed. And, and I just, I kind of love it. It really works for me. And, and I was watching an interview with Chris Nolan, and he, he called it that. He said the constant cliffhanger. And I was like, oh, that's a good way to mention it. I'll put it in my notes. And then I just said, this movie is definitely a movie you were screwed on if you saw it in the theaters and got up to take a leak. 
I, I and I just I mentioned the color scenes and how they represent the subjective context, and then the black and white was the objective context. But yeah, and he did it all intentionally. Obviously, it was his plan. So that's what worked for me. I'm glad I don't have no. I don't. At least I didn't have a note in there saying Guy Pierce worked for me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> my what worked was all Nolan based so look yeah. at least I got that you know, I want to th- I want to throw in for what worked this movie is very low budget and you can tell right like I yeah. don't even yeah I, mean, I think you they can they did a, a lot with a very little I, I mean, don't even know if these actors got paid on this it's his honest. first it's his first movie or you know his first big movie major movie right so I was kind of thinking this Nick during like when he's coming up with the concept because at first they had the story then Nolan then Christopher comes up with the concept to do the time and part of me wondered if he's like we got to do this super low budget. So what am I going to get people in? What what am I going to get people to walk away with? And doing it backwards is a good gimmick to make you not notice how cheap everything is done. And right. I don't think it looks cheap, but I just it was. A I, think, I, I think it kind of does, to be honest. And in, in, in the rewatch, I do think this movie was definitely made for under ten million dollars. If I had to guess, oh, for and sure. this so this four point four point nine million. How much? Four point nine. So you could say 4. under five. Yeah, if you under five. Good. See, I was guessing under ten, but yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, they're riding around with, with the old Jaguars. I don't know if it's old back then, but like, it just doesn't. <laughs> that was the nice card, too. Yeah, <laughs> was like nice it card. was like. Well, I mean, that's what worked. They did a, a hell of a lot with a hell of a little. They, uh, yeah, they did, and it's. It's funny because I watched that interview with him, and that interview was in two thousand fourteen, which was at, so obviously he's had a lot of success after that. It wasn't like a an interview fresh off of Memento, and it felt like he was proud and maybe embarrassed at certain things with Memento in that interview, which would make sense because you know he hadn't honed his craft necessarily, but knew he had such a cool concept, which is why he should always be proud, and it paved the way for his career, obviously. And it got him the Dark Knight series. What worked, Jeff? I just have written down the concept. This is a tightly made, well-constructed film. Just you, just when you become frustrated with it, the story really starts to get interesting, and they always keep you going. It Filming it this way could have been a disaster. But to your point, Mark, the little mini episodes, the mini cliffhangers, drive this movie so incredibly. Uh, and it just, it's amazing to think of them even writing this and how like much of a head spinner that must have been. Uh, the, the only other things I have is the story, the editing, and the level of detail. The level of detail in this film is pretty amazing. Everything with the door shutting and all of that stuff you mentioned before, Mark. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. Right. Anything want... we missed, Nico? Yeah, there's a lot of things, actually. I think this is really interesting. I think it speaks to the brilliance of the Nolan brothers, too, is that they came up with this together at 26 years old, the whole concept of this movie. And what I have here is, like, they were on a road trip, and they were just like, hey, what happens if we make a movie backwards? And there were nobody then. They were 26 years old. Think about where we were at 26. I know you weren't working at Happy Dappy Video that you'd always talk about, but to just be with your brother on a road trip... And make coming up with the next big thing of a twenty-year most established career in Hollywood, I think, is a pretty big deal. I think I think Mark was teaching at twenty-six. I was teaching at twenty-six. I was not working at Super Duper Video. Super Duper Video. What did I say? Happy Dappy Video. You definitely said Happy Dappy Video, which I only worked at in high school. I know. I just wanted to but tell that's you. But good. Out. It was good. It was good. 
Yes, but in my mid twenties, I was definitely teaching second grade. Yeah, hey, Christopher Nolan definitely wanted. To, this speaks to Guy Pierce's talent. He definitely did not want Guy Pierce for this he role. He did not want Guy Pierce for this role. <laughs> he wanted you know Brad what? Pitt, Charlie you know, Sheen. You know, Aaron you know where else? You know where else? Guy Pierce is never going to appear. <laughs> On this in podcast, on this podcast, after this, <laughs> no matter how bad we want him, Jeff, did you like him? Jeff, did you like him in Mayor of Easttown? No, I thought he was the worst part <laughs> wait, of that damn show. Wait, are you kidding me? He's in Mayor's of Easttown. He's terrible. Are you in it this too. Up? No, he's in it. He's his, in it. That what? character didn't even belong in that damn. He's got the most random character. And has the worst, no purpose the in it whatsoever. Part. You could delete every scene he's in, and you you take nothing away from that show. A thousand percent agree. <laughs> if, well, if Guy Ferris was come was still had a chance of coming on this pod. It's tough. <laughs> but it's, Kate Winslet's amazing. Kate, Kate Winslet. you're welcome every day of my. I didn't even know you were still life. acting. This is all like, I, I, you know. Oh yeah, and yeah. what's funny is this whole thing just ended up being like just a Guy Pierce fest for like the last month because. I saw LA Confidential a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and then you chose Memento this week, and yeah, I've seen him on a few episodes of Mayor of Easttown, which has been on for the last seven he's weeks. Not great so. in it. He's not great in it either. I'm not going to no, lie. No, he's terrible. He's terrible in it. He is, so, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. But Mayor of Easttown is amazing, despite they, Guy Pierce's lack of talent. The, it is fantastic. Um, one thing you might have missed, there is a, I mentioned it slightly earlier, but there's a big Reddit theory that this whole thing takes place in Lenny's mind in a mental institution. And this theory didn't come out of nowhere during the scene when he talks about Sammy Jenkins. And he talks, and it has a picture of Sammy sitting in the mental institution. The next shot, you then it goes back to him. He's remembering. And then it goes back to him like on the bed on the phone. And the next shot you see it's actually Lenny in the mental institution. Yeah. I don't buy the theory. I think it's because he actually does end up in a mental institution because we do learn later that he is Sammy Jenkins. But right. there's a huge debate and a huge thread of people on Reddit that really think none of this ever happened. What else yeah. you got, Nick? This movie took 25 days to film, which just proves... I can't believe I said $10 because I really should have guessed $5 million now looking back on that. You know? Brad Pitt uh, didn't even give him 25 days. Wow. Chris Nolan's girlfriend was pretty much the reason this movie got made. Um, she approached an associate, Aaron Ryder, at uh, New New Market Films, and he basically loved it instantly. But without it, they, this movie doesn't get made as well. I'm, I'm not sure if that was in your notes, but pretty much when your girlfriend gets your movie made, and it's pretty much a slam home run. No, that's uh, that's everything on on things we missed. But uh, moment in time, Jeff. Yeah, I. I saw this movie, uh, you guys are going to love this, uh, as a Netflix DVD rental. And for you kids at home that are not old enough to remember, Netflix started out as a DVD service where, you would, where, they, would email, where they would mail you the disc and you couldn't rent another movie until you e- mailed the disc back and they received it. Anyway, I kept, I kept this DVD for like two weeks because I had to rewatch the damn thing so many times to figure out what was going on. And I remember I was like, I, it was, I was in the moment of my life where it's like, if there's a hip, cool movie, you have to see it because everybody's talking about it. So I definitely had to see Memento. But I remember being very frustrated with this movie because I, I couldn't get, to get another one because I kept having to rewatch the damn thing so I'd understand it. And that's my moment in time. 
And for those of you that also remember, you are correct in thinking that you could have had an upgraded subscription where you could get three discs at a time from Netflix. But Jeff was clearly unwilling to shell out that extra maybe $4 a month. I hadn't seen it in probably 20 years. I, I, I saw it in the theater, and then I saw it three times when I got that disc, and I don't think I'd seen it since then. But uh, what about you, Nico? So, I had this annoying buddy in college that knew about all the up-and-coming movies. He taught me to see things like E2 Tambien closer, and this was one of the movies that he just talked about early and often, and we actually saw it in the theater together. There's, there's no stadium seating in this either. This is Boulder, Colorado, so like Mean Girls, I remember talking about you're in the shitty old theater just loving your life, but this had to have been in late 2000 because we were definitely in college, but I remember walking out thinking, this is brilliant, and... It's funny how 20 years can change, because now I'm sitting here on the pod being like, it's just good, it's not great. But at the time, what Nolan pulled off was pretty amazing, so I think their first time seeing it was the biggest shock value, which is also the most meaningful, which means that you appreciate it the most. And that's that's why we go to the theater anyway, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And for those of us that uh, are listening and don't remember what uh, this movie's about, I don't have <laughs> any clue how that's possible, but <laughs> oh my God, I, love I this. do have that beautiful IMDb recap on behalf of GabB270 at Hotmail.com if you want to send Gab your, uh, how, your thoughts on his or her beautiful intro this week. But uh, once again, Memento in 2000, a memory inside a memory. Memento is a complicated, head-spinning adventure. Leonard is determined to avenge his wife's murder. However, unable to remember anything that happens day-to-day due to a, to a condition he sustained, short-term memory loss, he has to write himself note after note that still don't mean anything after he falls asleep. The film goes back in time to reveal each little bit of the puzzle as he tries to find out the person who killed his wife and makes the audience feel just as confused as he is. The narrative closely follows a phone call Pierce has in which he talks about Sammy Jenkins, a former client of his who he believed had the same condition. The film takes an unexpected twist as the two characters have a lot more in common than is initially put across. Dun, dun, dun. Thanks for listening. See you again, everybody.